Good morning. It's good to be with you on this uh, beautiful Tuesday morning. It's great to be together as we continue studying uh, back into our Rooted in Christ. You know, we're walking through Romans 8. We have about one, two, uh, two, maybe three more sections left in Romans 8. And then we'll get back into Acts. And then we'll figure it out after there where we go from there. Uh, it's good to be with you on this uh, wonderful day. It's going to be a great week this week. I'm just excited to join into God's word with you now. Um, we're going to just look at uh, two verses today. And um, one of them is my my life verse, the verse that really defines my life more than anything. But today, when we finish this time together, we're going to have solved the problem of predestination versus free will. So you, you're ready? You're ready to you ready for that? Um, so um, look forward to uh, today. So anyway, Romans 8, 28 through 30. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. For those for those who he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those who he predestined, he also called. And those who he called, he also justified. And those who he justified, he also glorified. Okay, so a lot there. Today's passage, in many ways, is a passage about God's sovereignty. Um, had the opportunity last weekend to visit with... Um, a local church, uh, a Presbyterian church, and just talk about some stuff going on. And um, and uh, I was talking to them about how much I admire uh, Calvinism and how much I admire um, the concept of God's sovereignty and how I affirm completely God's sovereignty. Of course, then I always my joke is, I guess it was just in God's sovereign plan that he predestined me to believe in free will. So, and I think today really lays out for us that struggle. I, my joke was that we're going to figure it out. We're not going to figure it out. Uh, we're never going to figure that out. The predestination and free will are just a complete mystery. Um, it is a it is a question that is answered on a grade above me. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to tell you or explain to you that I understand um, any of this. But I'll tell you what I do believe. I do believe that nothing we humans can do can thwart or stop the plans of God. And I do know that um, as much as our salvation, as Paul says in Philippians 2, requires us to be faithful and to do our job. You know, Paul says in Philippians 2, to work out your salvation with much fear and trembling. But Paul then says, but know that it's God who's at work within you. There is that mystery, that mystery within our conversion and our salvation, that God is the one who does the work. So it says here in verse, I, I like what it says, 30s. 30 is really comforting to me. And those who he predestined, he also called. And those who he called, he also justified. And those who he justified, he also glorified. That if God has called us and God has given us grace that we have responded and accepted, then ultimately our salvation, our conversion, our, yeah, our justification, all these terms. I use the words getting saved, conversion, um, and justification interchangeably because they're all the same concept. Our acceptance of Jesus Christ as Lord. That moment when that starts, our acceptance of Christ as Lord. If God has called us to that and we've accepted it, then we also know the same God who has called us to that and has done that work in us is the same God who will then, it says here, glorify. Or the language we use in the Wesleyan tradition is sanctify. Um, that God saves us, but then God grows us, God redeems us, God sanctifies us. We are saved, justified, converted through God's grace. We're also, we're also sanctified made holy, glorified through that same grace. So here's the, to me, the linchpin. 
is this, that all things work for good for those who love God and called according to his purpose. Uh, and then it says those who foreknew he predestined. So to me, that foreknowing and predestined is the is the, um, the mystery. Um, I, God knows our choices. God knows what we're going to do. Not a word comes, the Bible tells us that not a word comes to my tongue that God does not know. So one of my friends, Lonnie Schrader, used to always say, God's not surprised by any of this. And that's always stuck with me and always comforted me. God's not surprised by any of this. So if God knows exactly what I'm going to do, then how much free will did I have in that? I don't have the foggiest idea. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know. I believe that God is outside of our human concept of time and that God can see the past, the present, and the future all at once. So while what we see is a linear construct of time, A leads to B, B leads to C, right now it's 7.45, 45 in the morning. Um, that means it'll be 7.46, 7.47, so on and so forth. That's how my mind sees. I can only see, I can only live in this moment. And I can only see the future coming and I can only reflect upon the past, but I'll live in this one moment. God lives and inhabits all of space and time. So Thousand, Bible says a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like a day. God's just outside of our human concept, which means that what we see as free will or predestination, I think God truly sees us all the same. I think the crux of this mystery is that we're trying to our human, with our human minds, understand a concept that we just can't understand because it's just above us but that God is sovereign in all things and that we have a choice today to be faithful. I, I believe that. Uh, one of my friends, a uh, Baptist pastor of mine said one day, uh, he said, uh, I asked him, I said, do you believe in free will or predestination? And he said, yes. And I thought, yeah, that's kind of where I am. No, I believe in both. Uh, I believe in both. I believe I have free will to choose, but I believe God's word also tells me that God knows what I'm going to choose. And then verse 28 says, we know that God works together for all things for good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That's one of my key life verses. People have heard me say it a million times. All things work for good. I, I want to tell you what I mean when I say that or how I interpret that. I don't think that means all things are good. Now, I'm not going to say everything that we experience, everything that we go through. I, I'm not going to say everything in our life is good. But I believe that God can work all things for good. And so for those of you who know my story, my biological mother was murdered when I was two years old. So that murder was not a good thing. It was not a good thing. It wasn't. It's had lasting repercussions upon my life, upon my mentality, upon my everything. There's not, a, there's not a single part of my life that is untouched by her murder. 40 and 47, 45 years ago, something happened. That radically changed my life. And and not, and for many ways, changed my life in a bad way. I've struggled to walk through forgiveness, struggled to walk through release, and struggled to walk through these things. And um, it's hard sometimes. But here's what I do know. If I had not been raised by my grandparents, I wouldn't have went to the school that I went to. I wouldn't have went to the church that I went to. So I wouldn't have went to Bogachud. I wouldn't have went to Johnson Chapel. If I hadn't went to Bogachud, I wouldn't have went to Colin because I would have gone to Macomb instead where my biological mother lived. Back in the dark ages when I went to school, uh, you went to the junior college. That was your school was assigned to, basically. 
So Macomb was a South was a Southwest school. Bogachita is a Colin school. So if I hadn't went to Bogachita, I wouldn't have went to Colin. Hadn't gone to Colin, I wouldn't have met Holly. Hadn't met Holly, wouldn't have my family. My family, outside of my salvation, my my family is the greatest thing in my life. It is. I hadn't went to been raised my grandparents. I wouldn't have went to Johnson Chapel. I not even went to church. I don't know. Hadn't went to Johnson Chapel. Wouldn't have had the preachers we had growing up. Hadn't had them. I wouldn't have got saved. Or would have been saved in a different way, probably. Hadn't been saved. Wouldn't be a Christian. Wouldn't be a Christian. Wouldn't be a Methodist. Wouldn't be a Methodist. Wouldn't be here. Wouldn't be doing this video right now. So my mom's murder was a terrible thing. An awful tragedy that still echoes in my life. But God, through his grace, somehow used that for good. God, through his grace, somehow brought good out of that terrible event and that terrible thing. Not that all things are good, but that God uses all things for good. And that's what I believe. So I, I don't I don't I don't believe that every experience that we experience in our life is a good thing. I believe many experiences that we go through in our life are terrible tragedies that scar us and that leave us broken in some ways. I believe that fully. But I also believe this. I also believe this, y'all, deep in the core of my being, that there is not a single part of our story and of our life that God can't redeem and that God can't use for something good. All things work for good. All things. I believe that. That's why this is my life verse. This is this is one of the verses, the three verses that I go back to over and over again in my life. Romans 8, 28, all things work for good. Not a single part of our life that God can't use. Not a single part. John 10, 10, the thief comes to rob, kill, and to destroy, but I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. The devil destroys and kills. God gives us abundant life. All of life can be joyful. All of life can be joyful. And then Romans 2, 4, do you not know that you're driven to repentance by the kindness of Christ? It's God's goodness and God's mercy that leads us to repentance. Always is grace. Always is grace. So anyway, Romans 8, 28, great verse. So I hope now we perfectly understand predestination and free will. I hope you we have solved that. We have now reconciled the Wesleyans and the Calvinists. And we're now joining hands and singing Kumbaya, correct? No, of course not. But I think there's such a mystery here. And that's okay. So anyway, uh, great verse, great section. Um, love it so much. Uh, Romans 8, 28 is just one of my favorite passages, as you know. Uh, so I'm glad I got to enjoy it with you this morning. So, um, well, tomorrow uh, we're going to do verses 31 through um, probably 30, 30 through 36, uh, and then we'll do 37 through 39 the next day. So once again, thanks for being with us. I hope you have a great rest of your day today, and uh, we'll see you in the morning. Thanks. Thanks.